Late Night Wrestling Pod with your host, Brandon Stroh. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Late Night Wrestling Pod. I am your host, Brandon Sir, and uh, let's get back into it. So tonight's episode is actually episode number 25. We've made it to 25, everyone. Fuck yeah. Um, tonight's, we are going to cover Royal Rumble 2014. This uh, is Rumble is infamous for being completely rejected and shit upon from the crowd in Philadelphia. And uh, overall, I enjoyed the show, so there was that. But it was um, the uh, fans had something else in mind that they wanted to see, and it wasn't this show. But before we get into that, as always, follow me on Twitter at a late night pod eleven. Follow me on Instagram at the late night wrestling pod, or shoot me an email at the late night wrestling or late night wrestling pod at gmail.com. Great way to get a hold of me. Things have been popping. Um, as of right now, ECW's Holiday Hell has been out for just over 48 hours, and it is in third place for the most downloaded episodes. Let's see if somebody can finally defeat NXT War Games as the number one episode of all time of the Late Night Wrestling Pod. <clears throat> but before we get too carried away with all that, um, I appreciate all the support. I've been, um, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for everything. And uh, this, when by the time this airs, this should be the first Thursday of January, which means we're in Royal Rumble season, everybody. Um, this month, I am going to do Royal Rumble 2014 tonight. We're going to do WCW sold out in 1998 next week. And I haven't really really thought too much about the the other two Thursdays in January yet and maybe I'll kind of think about that tonight as we're recording it is December 18th for me and it is 1 57 a.m it wouldn't be the late night wrestling pod if I was not recording late as fuck but I'll, I'm sure I'll throw in a couple of Royal Rumbles here or there I'm pretty sure I'm going to do Royal Rumble 99, that infamous Rock versus Mick Foley or Mankind in the I Quit match. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and put that one on the books. And I'm not sure what I'll do for the last January of, uh, you know, the 2023. But whatever it is, I hope it's exciting and I hope you enjoy it. And other big news... I had to get hit up by vape in preparation of this announcement. As everybody who listens is aware that I have a child coming in February, which means I will be extremely busy. But don't worry, you'll still be able to get your late night wrestling pod fix. I am going to make February again another retro month. And I know I made September the retro month, but... You know, I, I need to do something that I can do relatively quickly and still make it of quality. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, hopefully you all enjoy it. But I will do, and no certain date yet set for this, because like I said, I don't have January planned out completely yet. But we're going to cover Mid-South Wrestling, which was my favorite territory. And um, I'm going to do my due diligence to make sure I don't cover what the 
Mid-South Wrestling Review podcast is done. I'm going to try to do a few years after the last one they've done. So I have a while before there will ever be any overlap. Uh, we're going to do Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and I'm going to make sure that I don't do any any episodes that the Mid-Atlantic podcast has done already. We're going to do some WWF from Madison Square Gardens from the 70s. I don't think anybody's reviewed that one yet, so I'm excited about that. And finally, we're going to do NWA World Championship Wrestling, the World Championship Wrestling show. Not the promotion, just the show, World Championship Wrestling. Hopefully, um, it will be good for you all. I was going to do some WCW Saturday Night, but booking the territories already got that, you know. They've already got so many episodes. I or I could have done um, Smoky Mountain, but they've already done all those. So in order to avoid overlap, that's what I'm going to do. And yeah, I could do some more Memphis or AWA, but I did those last time. And uh, you know, normally, and if I'm still doing this, which I hope I am, in uh, future times that um. I'll revisit Memphis, WCCW, AWA, and um, I can't remember the fourth one right, right now off the top of my head. But I'll review those again next September, some different episodes. But um, February, just don't count on, it, count on it to be retro month from now until the end of time. It's just purely the situation I am in with life that I'm going to be busy. So that's that. Um, I, uh, um, I talked about it last week, but can I just say again, the nine lives of Vince McMahon documentary sucks. It's all just clips of dark side of the ring and there's barely anything new in it. I think Brian Solomon and Vince Russo were the, and Dave Meltzer were the only new commentators, you know, on the whole thing and left everybody extremely disappointed, whatever, but you know. I was uh, expecting a little bit more. Just because Dark Side of the Rig is uh, you know, such a great show. Tales from the Territory is really good, too. And, you know, it was just... whole thing just seems like it was just fucking thrown together. It was originally set to, dare, set to air in October, but they moved it to December. So I'm thinking, like, oh, they must be taking this shit seriously. But apparently they're not. But whatever, Vice is a really good channel. Like, other than just the wrestling stuff, like their documentaries are pretty interesting. They've got um, they have a documentary on death uh, match wrestling that's pretty interesting. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. And um, yeah, so uh, a lot of stuff coming here at the late night wrestling pod. I have a feeling that February and March will all be stuff that's like put into the can that I'm just going to try to record really fast. And hopefully that's good. By the time this episode is aired, I have been in contact with a promotion agency to kind of get the word out about the late night wrestling pod. And hopefully it will be really popping by the time you hear this. And I won't have forgotten my, you know, hundred listeners, uh, um, you know, that were with me from the beginning or so or whatever, but okay. So tonight 
we have the Royal Rumble 2014. Set from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, baby. Our commentators are Michael Cole, JBL, and Jerry the King Lawler. And our first match is um, Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt with the Wyatt family. And the Yes movement is in total effect. And um, let's kind of talk the backstory here or whatever. So the Wyatt family has kind of just been fucking with Daniel Bryan, like the way that they would just randomly pick people to do. And finally, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, it's Daniel Bryan WWE, um, you know, decides like, fuck it, I'm going to join these guys. And you find out that the whole thing was just a big ruse or whatever for Daniel Bryan to get in and kind of figure out what the fuck was going on with them. And there's a... um. There was a night on Raw where it was Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt versus, I can't even remember who, for uh, maybe Tag Team Championship or whatever, but Daniel Bryan finally turns on Bray Wyatt. And I've got a clip from that. Just in a, It aired at the Rumble, too. But it was, like, just to show you how fucking into the Yes Movement Daniel Bryan, the WWE Universe, was at this time. So that's just kind of a, um, just to show you how over Dan Bryan is at this time. Um, this is my favorite version of Bray Wyatt, too. I love this one. This is classic Daniel Bryan here. Uh, Daniel Bryan goes ahead and takes out Luke Harper with a dive. Then the Wyatts are ejected from ringside. During the uh, commotion, Daniel Bryan splashes all, uh, does a splash to all the Wyatts on the outside. Crossbody by Daniel Bryan for a two count. And everyone takes a enthusiastic yes. Yes. Daniel Bryan is working Wyatt's legs. Wyatt has Wyatt has got some uh, sort of, it, it looks like snot running from his nose. Then Wyatt does, Bryan, Bray Wyatt does a throwing suplex. That looks great. Daniel Bryan gets uh, launched over the top rope. And uh, I love how Bray Wyatt like talks to the camera throughout the match. It's really cool. Bray Wyatt does a side slam, then Bray Wyatt does this creepy back crawl. And it's funny, like, as you are watching this or whatever, like, as you watch, like, the evolution of Bray Wyatt, you can see that he gets better and better at it, too. At first, he wasn't able to, like, go all the way down, but eventually he could, and then he could walk on his back. Um... Daniel Bryan gets his running elbow strike, a series of yes locks into a hurricanrana off the top rope. A series of yes kicks, I'm sorry. And then he does the hurricanrana off the top rope. We get another, this is awesome, Chan. Uh, Daniel Bryan does a running tornado DDT to the outside. 
Missile drop kick by Daniel Bryan, and then the yes kicks for a two count. Bray Wyatt does a great lariat clothesline here. Daniel Bryan goes flipping in the air, kind of like how uh, Hangman Page did. And uh, Daniel Bryan gets the yes lock, but Bray Wyatt bites his way out. Like, this is so cool. He bites his hand, so Daniel Bryan has to release the hold. And it, I've never seen that before. Daniel Bryan um, uh, does a body splash. Wyatt catches, catches Daniel Bryan doing an outside dive and does a sister Abigail. Wyatt throws him back in the ring, and then Bray Wyatt hits another sister Abigail and wins. One, two, three. The Wyatt family comes out for a um, celebration, and I'm surprised really how okay with it the um, WWE fans were in Philadelphia with Bray or with Daniel Bryan losing his match because this crowd is so fucking pro Daniel Bryan, but they're cheering um, Bray Wyatt here. And from here, we go to a interview in the back with Renee Young and Paul Heyman. This time, Paul Heyman. Mr. Heyman, right now, we are moments away from the big show taking on your client, Brock Lesnar. Now, the question that's on everybody's mind... Ladies and gentlemen, and you too, Renee... My name is Paul Heyman, and as the advocate for Brock Lesnar, I want to apologize in advance for the uncomfortable and the unpleasant scene that's about to unfold before your very eyes. My client, Brock Lesnar, is going to challenge the winner of the John Cena versus Randy Orton match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And standing in my client's way is a seven-foot-tall, nearly 500-pound giant a giant of superhuman size superhuman strength superhuman abilities which means brock lesnar is going to have to victimize this giant this giant the big show is going to step into the ring with a fighter that has no compassion for his opponent because brock lesnar is going to take the big show down and go on to become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion because don't you understand what's going on here, Renee? This is the dawning of a new era. A new era because the WWE Universe is going to be conquered and subjugated by Brock the Unmerciful. This is the 27th annual Royal Rumble. We are in Pittsburgh. So before our next matchup, uh, which is Brock Lesnar versus Bray or versus Big Show, uh, we have the Royal Rumble panel, which consists of Ric Flair, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Jerry or um, Jim, and fuck. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sounding like I'm retarded here. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Shawn Michaels. Jerry the King Lawler and Ric Flair. And they all, you know, just kind of introduce themselves. <clears throat> and we have Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers in the crowd tonight. And being so close to Cincinnati, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals guy. So fuck him, you know, fuck him. But so <clears throat> we have the big show versus Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman. And they make little to no mention of how. Well, they make very little mention of how Big Show was the first person ever to pin Brock Lesnar in the WWE. 
at Survivor Series, what was it 2002? Paul Heyman actually turned on Brock Lesnar and um, gave Big Show the win over Brock Lesnar. If you remember from my Survivor Series um, review of the Halloween SmackDown from 2002, I think it was, uh, that was kind of the preamble to what would eventually end up happening. Sorry, guys, I have a cough like you wouldn't believe. I guess you would because you've been hearing me cough in your ear all night. So they're showing clips of uh, Big Show besting Brock Lesnar. And as this match starts, Brock Lesnar just jumps the Big Show and starts hitting him with a chair. There's probably a good 15, 20 minutes, um, you know, of just or 15, 20 chair shots here. And I had to ask myself, why hasn't the match started? In the past, you know, when a competitor jumps the other competitor, they hurry up and, like, ring the bell. But Brock Lesnar is just beating the shit out of the big show with the chair, and you'd think they would just disqualify Brock Lesnar. But, um, so Paul Heyman and his fuck doing a great fucking job here. It's just that ringside smirking as Brock Lesnar is beating this dude fucking welts on his back with a chair. <coughs> and Jerry the King Lawler <clears throat> says that Big Show first defeated Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble 2002. It was Survivor Series 2002. And this chair is all bent up. Uh, the referee finally snatches the chair from Lesnar and takes it outside. Heyman gives another chair to Lesnar, and uh, the referee starts the match, and Big Show does his knockout punch to Lesnar. <clears throat> Big Show has, like, welts all over his back. I really can't just sell that enough. They're all over his back. Um, Lesnar quickly hits an F5 and wins, and it was more like an AA, like the attitude adjustment, or the FU by John Cena than it was an F5. After uh, Brock Lesnar wins, one, two, three, Lesnar with more chair shots, and then Lesnar just uh, fucking, you know, is beating the shit out of this guy. He he gets a third chair, more chair shots, and then grabs a fourth chair, but that was pretty much it. So, all in all, I think this matchup was actually like two and a half minutes, if that, maybe less than two minutes. And it was about seven to ten minutes of Big Show getting the fuck beat out of him with a chair. By this point in Big Show's career, I was sick of seeing him. I was sick of looking at him. Um, I was just done with him. He had had so many heel turns that nothing he really didn't matter anymore at this point. And I don't know. I was just, I was tired of the Big Show. And... You know, giving him his props, you know, he had a very wonderful career in wrestling. But after 2000 fucking, let's say, seven or eight, I think the big show should have just, you know, called it quits. But no, he wouldn't. He wrestled at WrestleMania 35 against Drew McIntyre in a uh, surprise matchup after Drew McIntyre actually defeated Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. But, whatever. 
I feel like, but whatever is like my new catchphrase. Do you like that? Probably not. So from there, we go to the back and we have a S.H.I.E.L.D. interview. And I'm sure you all know S.H.I.E.L.D. is Dean Ambrose, now known as John Moxley, Seth freaking Rollins when he was just Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns before he was awesome. The S.H.I.E.L.D. basically says it's going to be, you know, they're all going to work together until it's just them in the ring and the three of them will fight it out, but they'll still be the S.H.I.E.L.D. afterwards because they're one for all and all for one, pretty much. Then we get a Randy Orton-John Cena package because their matchup for the WWE World Heavyweight title is next. And um, there's been so many fucking John um, Cena-Randy Orton matches. I I remember watching at this time being so fucking sick of it because they had just gone off of uh, not even a year before. I think they had five or six pay-per-view matches. Back to back. It was old. Nobody was interested. And it was just recycling old shit. And the actually funny thing for this match. uh, It's hashtag rematch. Like what the fuck? How many? This was the second time they had wrestled. Because they had unified the World Heavyweight Championship. And the WWE World Championship. To be the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Yet they still have both belts at the time. And yes, it's a cool visual, but, you know, I and I like how Roman Reigns has both belts. But I think that serves his character better. And I don't think Randy Orton or John Cena necessarily needed to hold on to both belts. But <clears throat> this matchup, um, you know, it sucked. I'm, I'm so sick of John Cena and Randy Orton. I'd even seen them fucking wrestle live at a Raw. It was a tables match. It was the Raw Roulette match, which I'm sure I'll interview or I'll review sometime in the future. But they had wrestled so many times. I remember they had a 60 minute Extreme Rules match, uh, 60 minute Iron Man Extreme Rules match, and it was just month after month. John Cena versus Randy Orton, and here we are again. And to their credit, I'm pretty sure this was the last time that they faced off. I think. Uh, maybe there was a Raw or something, but I think this is the last time they went at it. So we're at hashtag rematch. Um, and Randy Orton comes out first. Why is the champion coming out first? That drives me fucking nuts. The challenger comes out first, and then the champion fucking comes out. Why is that so difficult? And I can understand sometimes there's like, like the challenger has a special entrance or whatever, but, or like, it wouldn't, look cool if the undertaker came out first but like why why did randy orton the wwe world heavyweight champion have to come out first in this matchup it makes no sense but to get into it there is a mixed to negative reaction to john cena and this was an ugly version of the wwe title it was the version before the uh version we have now we get a Daniel Bryan chant during the match, and like now there's a boring chant as the fucking match starts. There's a let's go Cena, let's go Cena chant, and a Cena sucks chant, which is actually cool. I do like the dueling chants, but I guess it's hard to uh, to have a heel and a baby face if 
they're shitting on the baby face and praising him. But um, there's lots of uh, uh, back and forth at first. There's a Randy Savage chant at one point. Then there's a Y2J chant, a Undertaker chant. And there's nothing remarkable in this match so far about five minutes in. Cena gets an electric chair backdrop. Um, and uh, Orton uh, hits a smooth-looking power slam. Orton does a great body or power slam. Orton's really good. Orton and Cena are both great in the ring. I'm just fucking sick of seeing them wrestle. And Cena does a leg drop off the top rope for a two count. Randy Orton does a uh, spike DDT to the outside. And then Orton and Cena. Oh, I'm sorry. I looked up at the point. Orton and Cena at this point had fought on television 22 times. People have seen this match 22 times before. And this was the offering they were giving for their big Royal Rumble pay-per-view. There's a ref bump. Cena gets an STF on Randy Orton. Randy Orton taps, but there's no referee. And then Orton hits Cena with the belt. We get a two count. John Cena hits his attitude adjustment for a two count. Then we get an RKO for a two count. And now there's a We Want Divas chant. The crowd is just straight up hijacked this fucking show. Um, Orton gets the STF and Cena reverses it, which was actually kind of cool. Randy Orton hits his own attitude adjustment for a two count. And then John Cena hits an RKO for a two count. No, I am not getting those names mixed up. They are doing each other's finishers. Uh, Cena goes for a top rope AA attitude adjustment, but Orton gets out. Cena turns it into a tornado DDT. And then John Cena hits the STF. And the lights go out, and the Wyatts are at the Wyatt family is at ringside. Orton gets an RKO after the distraction and wins. Still WWE World Champion Randy Orton. Cena gets a Wyatt beatdown, a Sister Abigail, and there's a yes chant going through all like during all of this. Fans are chanting yes. We then get a May Young tribute. Um, okay, cool. A New Age Outlaws promo. The New Age Outlaws, I didn't get it, I didn't review this because it wasn't on the show. But the New Age Outlaws won the WWE Tag Team Championship for the sixth time that night in the pre-show against the Rhodes brothers. The brother uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. And with that, we go we get a rumble promo and a, the rumble panel. And I'm gonna play that for you. Uh, it's um you know, it's interesting to see who everybody's pick was. So let's go ahead and play that. So this clip is pretty much a lot of the competitors in the Royal Rumble and the Royal Rumble panel here. So let's go ahead and play this. Why am I going to win the Royal this Rumble This is the match. Miz. So I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get back to headlining WrestleMania. We might be... Up next is the Usos. Into the Royal Rumble match as brothers, but only one of us can walk out a winner and go on the main event of WrestleMania. And we're cool with that. Up next, Big E Langston. I'm proud to be your intercontinental champion. And headlining WrestleMania in the main event, well, that's where it's at. Who better? Fandango. 29 other WWE superstars. He sounds like Kenny Omega in his promo. On to main event, the B. 
Batista. Up next, we've got, um, uh, um, fuck, I can't think of his name. Um, uh, he's part of Rhodes Scholars, uh, Damian Sandow. Fuck, I can't believe I forgot that. Sanity is making the same mistakes over and over again and expecting different results. I lost my opportunity to become champion once. And when I win the Royal Rumble match, I will not make the same mistake again. Ryback, at this point, he has fallen from the good graces of the WWE. Nine other superstars. Only one human wrecking ball. Tonight, my unlimited energy takes me to WrestleMania. Rey Mysterio. The world in 2006 when I defied the odds and won. Tonight, I intend to make history again. And we are going to our panel. Who will win the Royal Rumble match? Who will headline WrestleMania? We've been having a great time up here on the Royal Rumble kickoff set. I've got the best seat in the house next to three WWE Hall of Famers. Gentlemen, it is selection time. Hacksaw, you won the very first Royal Rumble match. You get to pick first. Well, you know, way back in 88, there was a lot of superstars out there, a lot of guys favored to win. I don't think I was favored. I think there's a guy back there that nobody's thinking about that's going to seize this opportunity, going to grab it and become the, get to WrestleMania. And that guy is Dolph Ziggler. Nobody expects it. He's a dark horse. He's going to pull it out. Well, I'm, I'm still picking uh, my four guys as my one pick. The Shield or CM Punk or combination of all four. All four guys, one pick. That's fair, right? And I I'm staying with Batista. Learn oh, to love it. He's been gone for <laughs> years. Love it. A long time. Ago. The fans are booing the name of Batista. I don't care. Four He's guys, my odds are much better. One of your picks, CM Punk, will be the number one entrant into the Royal Rumble match. Batista. Just about to begin. Gentlemen, back to you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Royal Rumble match. Now, two superstars will start in the ring. Every 90 seconds, a new participant will enter. Elimination occurs when you are thrown over the top rope and both feet touch the floor. This will continue until all 30 men have entered the match. The last remaining superstar will be declared the winner and will earn a WWE World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania! And number one, we have got CM Punk. The storyline here going is that CM Punk is feuding with the authority again. <clears throat> That's why he drew number one. And this will be CM Punk's very last appearance in the WWE as of the time of this recording. And um, at the time of this recording, the uh, we haven't had the fallout of the AEW backstage brawl with the Elite yet. And I'm still kind of thinking that it's a work. 
I'm thinking P- CM Punk's gonna, CM Punk will be back in AEW, but I would love, absolutely love, to have CM Punk back in the WWE. You know, maybe with Triple H in charge, he'd be interested in that. Who knows? But <clears throat> number one is CM Punk. I also have to say, reviewing this uh, Royal Rumble, I know I couldn't, like, I wasn't sure how I'd go about reviewing the Royal Rumble because there's so many entrances, there's so many eliminations, and ultimately I just decided, like, to just review it like a match. I toyed around with the idea of reading off all the entrances, all the entrance to you guys at first, and then afterwards read off the who got eliminated by what, total count, things like that. But it was just easier for me just to fucking do it like a match. So, <clears throat> number one, we have CM Punk. And number two, we have Seth Rollins, the Shield Seth Rollins. And he's got his Shield get up. He's got his tactical vest. I hate the vest. Can I just say that? Um, number three is Damian Sandow. And this crowd is 100% behind Punk. Maybe they would be more behind Daniel Bryan if he had been in it. But. Number four, Cody Rhodes, and he's fighting with Damian Sandow. CM Punk eliminates Sandow. And number five is Corporate Kane, and he goes after Punk. This was um, obviously my favorite version of Kane is the first one when he's feeding with The Undertaker. But I really enjoyed Corporate Kane. It was cool to see a different side of him. And CM Punk quickly eliminates him. And number six, we have Rusev, who is now known as Miro in AEW. And number seven, Jack Swagger, who is now known as Jake Hager in AEW. And he's doing his real American chant. And there's a USA chant going on during this. And Rusev is just dominating. We have a We the People chant. And number eight, Kofi Kingston. Number nine, Jimmy Uso. And I hated this version of the Uso. It's when they were wearing like the tribal paint and everything like that. Number 10, Goldust. And Cody um, has eliminated Goldust twice in the Royal Rumble the past two years. And then Rusev uh, gets eliminated by CM Punk, Kofi Kingston, and Cody Rhodes. Kingston gets caught by uh, Rusev on the outside. And he's just placed on the, uh, the security railing. Like, why wouldn't he just throw him? He just, like, kind of gently puts him on the security railing. Kofi um, uh, uh, then rushes the rail, and he is uh, jumps back in the ring. That was, I think this was his second or third <clears throat> kind of creative way to get back to the ring. The couple One year, he fucked up doing it. I think it was 2021 Royal Rumble. I don't know. It may have even been 2022. I don't know. I can't remember. But let's get back into it. Number 11 is the United States champion, Dean Ambrose, now known as John Moxley. Number 12, Dolph Ziggler, and he is super popular in Philadelphia. We get a Let's Go Ziggler chant. Number 13, R-Truth, who is quickly eliminated by Dean Ambrose. And then Dean Ambrose eliminates Jimmy Uso. We get some more Kofi Kingston gymna- Kofi Kingston gymnastics. Kevin Nash comes out to a big pop, eliminates Swagger. And then number 15, Roman Reigns. He eliminates Kofi. We get a crazy spear by Reigns to Ziggler. 
He eliminates Ziggler, and there's lots of booze. And then he eliminates Kevin Nash. Number 16, the Great Khali. And Great Khali sucks. I have, you know, there's, I, I understand that big man wrestlers aren't necessarily the greatest wrestlers, but Undertaker comes to mind as a great big wrestler. Even um, Kevin Nash, he had, um, I had just watched his match with Giant from Sold Out, and not to give anything away, but he really impressed the shit out of me in that match. He had a great match with Bret the Hitman Hart, too. But irrelevant. So the Great Khali just, there was never anything much to him. He would have made a much better, like, bodyguard. <laughs> Khali uh, gets, then quickly gets eliminated by Roman Reigns. Goldust eliminates uh, Cody Rhodes at this time. And then Roman Reigns eliminates Goldust. It's just uh, the Shield and CM Punk at this point. And number 17 is Sheamus. Number 18 is The Miz. Number 19, Fandango, and the crowd loves his music. Number 20, El Torito. He is the um, uh, midget wrestler with uh, um, the clones. And uh, he starts taking out Rollins, Miz, with her karatas. He's, um, I don't, I'm not that familiar with, I don't, I want to use the right term here, but midget wrestlers. I've seen the micro brawlers and stuff. Our half pint brawlers uh, wrestle before. I went to a Halloween Hunt in Kings Island, and they were there, and they put on a really good show and everything. But then El Torano eliminates Fandango, and then is eliminated by Roman Reigns, and then we get Cesaro uh, at number twenty one. He does the big swing to the Miz, does the big swing to Roman or to Seth Rollins, and it goes for a very long time. It's funny because at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view that was just last Saturday, uh, Chris Jericho taps out to the big swing. And, like, everybody's shitting on it, but I kind of get it. First off, I hate being fucking dizzy. And that move would just suck to be in. Like, even, like, you know, wrestling being at work and all that, the big swing would fucking suck. You'd be super dizzy. It takes forever if you want it to be impressive. And... I don't know. I, I, if I was, um, not only that, I'd imagine it sucks for Cesaro too, because he is, or Antonio, uh, Castanoli, as he's now known as, because like he'd get dizzy too, just spinning around and everything, you know? Either way, hate the big swing. Um, Number 22, Luke Harper. Number 23, Jey Uso. JBL says Lex Lager won the Royal Rumble in 1994, but correction, it was actually Bret the Hitman Hart and Lex Luger who both won the Royal Rumble in 1994. Uh, number 24 is JBL. He gets a big pop, and then um, Cole says the JBL character has never been in the Rumble before, and he gets eliminated quickly by Reigns it's funny they say jbl character yet bradshaw especially when he was in the acolytes was in the royal rumble a few times uh jbl gets a you still got it chant <laughs> this is a sarcastic fucking crowd number 25 eric rowan harper eliminates uh the miz then jay uso number 26 ryback he gets no reaction and then gets a goldberg chant 
Number 27, Alberto Del Rio. Number 28, Batista. He, he gets cheered, then gets booed. He eliminates Rowan, eliminates Ryback, and then he eliminates Alberto Del Rio. Number 29, Big E Langston, uh, now known as Big E. We get a Daniel Bryan chant and a yes chant in anticipation. Everybody thought that Daniel Bryan would be coming in at number 30. And number 30 is Rey Mysterio. There's a ton of boos. They want Daniel Bryan. There's another Daniel Bryan chant. The fans are just booing the Rumble. They fucking hate this. Um WWE didn't put Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble for whatever reason, and they say as part of the story. I think that they just thought Batista coming back would be like a bigger deal to us, but I don't think anybody cared. I like Batista and everything. He had a hell of a match with Triple H uh, in a hell in the cell. I don't remember when. It was a great match. I really enjoyed it, but I wasn't that hyped about uh, Batista coming back, and they had a good match with uh, The Shield, and then Seth Rollins turned on the shield, but whatever. Uh, Sheamus eliminates Big E. There's a lot more boos. Seth Rollins eliminates Mysterio. It gets a big cheer. They're fucking pissed at Mysterio, poor guy. Reigns, Roman Reigns eliminates uh, Luke Harper. Then Roman Reigns eliminates Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Cesaro. Kane comes out of the crowd and eliminates CM Punk, then choke slams him through the Spanish announce table. We're down to uh, four, and it's Roman Reigns, Batista, and Sheamus. And the fans are just booing this match. There's a no chant. Sheamus starts beating his chest like he does, and as he's doing it, you hear like, no, no. No, it has to have been so demoralizing to the wrestlers in this match. Not, uh, it's, it was funnier than fuck. I remember watching it on the network as it was airing and just being like, what the fuck? This sucks. Um, Roman Reigns finally eliminates Sheamus. And Roman Reigns has 13 eliminations for this Rumble. And this is a new record that will be held until uh, Braun Strowman eliminates, like, I think 16 people at the Greatest Royal Rumble. The fans are cheering for Roman Reigns, and they're booing Batista. There's a Roman Reigns chant. Batista spears Roman Reigns and gets booed. Reigns spears Batista and gets a huge pop. And finally... Batista eliminates Roman Reigns, and the fans are pissed off about this. There's another no chant. We get a ton of big boos, and um, <laughs> Dean Ambrose is your winner of this matchup. I'm not Dean Ambrose. Fuck. Dave Batista is the winner of the 2014 Royal Rumble matchup. And um, I don't normally do this, but I want to play a clip of Triple H and Stephanie coming out the next night on Monday Night Raw just to kind of show everybody how pissed off the fans were. That's right, we're on the road to WrestleMania! Hello everyone and welcome to Monday Night Raw! I know I'm just as excited as you are. I mean, last night, in less than 24 hours, we witnessed one of the most satisfying. We get a yes chant already.
Yes. Yes, it was one of the most satisfying, epic Royal Rumble pay-per-views in history. Did someone not get what they wanted? Oh, that's too bad. It was an incredible night. A night in which Randy Orton defended his WWE World Heavyweight Championship by defeating John Cena. It was a night in which Brock Lesnar destroyed the seven foot, 500 pound big show. And it was a night where our good friend returned after four years to defeat 29 other superstars and win the Royal Rumble and gave Batista secured his spot in the main event at WrestleMania. But there's one more stop on the road to WrestleMania, and that is the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Triple H and I are proud to announce that Randy Orton will defend the WWE World Heavyweight Championship inside the Elimination Chamber itself. I'm really just, uh, I, I'm not trying to just kill time with these clips. I want you to, like, notice how pissed off the fans are about this development of Daniel Bryan not being in the Rumble. Speak of the devil, here comes Daniel Bryan. No shit, King. Listen, last night 
I had one of the toughest matches in my career. And win, lose, or draw, when you talk about the greatest moments of the Royal Rumble, a lot of people are talking about my match. the biggest disappointments in the Royal Rumble, I have to think that they're talking about my not being in the Royal Rumble match. Now, I know I had a match before, but I came to you people time and time again and said, I wanted to be in the Royal Rumble. Listen to the people. They wanted me to be in the Royal Rumble. There is a movement going on, a yes movement. But every time I came and knocked on your door and asked to be in the Royal Rumble, you guys said no. Listen, this is tough to understand, but as management, we have to look out for the health and well-being of all of our superstars and divas. And quite frankly, Daniel, with everything you've been through in the past few weeks, well, we didn't want to put you in harm's way by asking you to compete twice in one night. I mean, Brian, we don't want to put you in that kind of jeopardy. They, uh, they didn't want to put me in jeopardy. How many times have you guys made me wrestle all three members of the Shield? How many times have I wrestled all three members of the Whites? How many times have I come out here on Monday Night Raw and wrestled more than once? Countless times! Oh, it's a fair point, which is why we didn't want to do it to you again and make you work twice last night. It's as simple as that. <laughs> That's pretty funny by Triple H. been through a lot. You guys don't care about protecting my health. And seemingly, you don't even care about what's best for business. You care more about what's worse for Daniel Bryan. Quite frankly, Daniel, that is a myopic point of view. Clearly, the only person that you ever think about is yourself. But we Ooh, Stephanie dropping bombs. people to think about. I mean, do you honestly believe that all of the people in this arena only came here to see you? question with another question did you people come here to see randy orton did you people come here to see triple h listen people can come and they can watch whoever they want that's one of the great things about the wwe they get to pick their favorite superstars but listen, listen to these people.
tell what they're saying. Some people are chanting one thing, others are chanting another. It's like they can't get it all together. because what's happened has happened. But you just said, at the Elimination Chamber, in the Elimination Chamber match, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship is going to be on the line. I want in that match. If you want to step aside, Hunter, I don't think either of us should leave this ring until I get what I want. it's not just me and you in this ring it sounds like right about now you've got company Okay, so what I gather here from all of that is that the WWE realized that they fucked up at the Rumble. They should have had Daniel Bryan in. Probably should have even had him win it. And you did something else else with Dave Batista, but they didn't. So this is them trying to fix their mistake, I guess. And ultimately... And ultimately, Daniel Bryan will not win the Elimination Chamber, but he will go to WrestleMania 30 and compete in a three-way match with Batista and Randy Orton and win. And I thought it was funny that um, they're talking about Daniel Bryan's health, and in a mere three months after this, Daniel Bryan's going to be out for a good chunk of the year with a head injury. Come back, win the Intercontinental title, and then fucking have to retire for like two or three years. Just kind of ironic. But so this was the WWE trying to uh, put things back in the place. Um, they they heard the terrible fallout from not having um, Daniel Bryan in the um, Royal Rumble, and they wanted to fix it. And just quit real quick. Let me give you the results of the, <clears throat> the elimination chamber. 
Randy Orton defeats Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Cesaro with Zeb Coulter, Dutch Mantel, Christian, and Sheamus in 37 minutes and 30 seconds. Batista will wrestle Alberto Del Rio in 7 minutes and 11 seconds. Wyatt Family will defeat The Shield in 22 minutes and 42 seconds. Titus O'Neil will defeat Darren Young. Don't know how that made the pay-per-view. The New Age Outlaws will defeat the Usos in 8 minutes and 34 seconds. Big E will defeat Jack Swagger in 11 minutes and 50 seconds. And the opening match of the pre-show is Cody Rhodes and Goldust defeating Ryback Ryback and Curtis Axel, also known as Joe Henning, with Larry Henning at ringside. So, okay, um... Ultimately, WWE will do everything to make this right. Uh, it turns into Daniel Bryan will have to wrestle Triple Triple H at WrestleMania 30. If he wins, the main event becomes a triple threat match. Daniel Bryan wins the match. And it becomes a triple threat match. It was a really good triple threat match at that, too. And Daniel Bryan wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. He'll go on to defend it the next month against Kane in a last man standing match. He wins that, and then he has to relinquish the title because he's injured. So, in a perfect world, I think uh, Daniel Bryan would have won the title at Mania. He would have won the Rumble and then feuded with Randy Orton until Mania. They would have had their main event match, and it could have been a triple threat with Batista. They can say that Batista needed to be there, whatever. Won the world title and then held the world heavyweight title for a year or a year and a half, whatever. That would have been perfect, but, you know, injuries and everything else. And also, another interesting tidbit about this Royal Rumble. Uh, They didn't have any women wrestlers on this show. This is before they did the Women's Royal Rumble. And they didn't even have, I think they just had the Divas title at this time. They didn't even have a Divas championship match. There was literally no women at all. Um, I think uh, Fondango may have had Summeray come out with him for a second. But other than that, there was no women on this show. And I guess this was, uh, was this before the Divas revolution? I don't know. AJ, AJ Lee was the champion, I'm pretty sure. And um, she held the title for about a year, I think. And she was a really good champion, honestly. To me, that's what really started the whole diva women's revolution. But either way, I I don't know why. Today, they would never fucking do that. Have a pay-per-view without the women involved in some form or another. At least one of the women's world titles on the line. But I guess it, you know, it just didn't fit into the show. And there was one, two, four matches on this show, not including the pre-show and including the Rumble. And I guess my match of the night um, would have to, I guess, be the, uh, no, my match of the night would be Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt. It was a really good match. I enjoyed every bit of it. But in a close second, honestly, the Royal Rumble show, like, you know, like, despite the disappointments, it was a pretty good Rumble. It had, uh, you know, surprises. 
There's a long-running story involved with uh, CM Punk being number one. Uh, it was just the um, ending that they botched. Nobody wanted to see Batista win it. And if they had just if they had had Batista be a surprise entrance, I think uh, you know that could have you know maybe that would have been a bigger deal. Maybe fans would have been more okay with him winning, but it wasn't to be. And you know that was it. Um, overall, I rate. Uh, so yeah, one Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt, two of the Rumble match. The Big Show Lesnar match, um, there wasn't much of a match at all. It was entertaining, I guess, so I'll give it three. And four, I'd have to say John Cena versus Randy Orton. We've seen it a million times. Nobody wants to see it again. Uh, if it came on today, if Randy Orton came back from injury and John Cena came back, I would be interested to see it just because, you know, like now it's a bigger deal to see John Cena come back. Especially after his hugely successful uh, Peacemaker show, which is fucking hilarious and awesome. I highly recommend you watch it. I enjoy the shit out of it. And I am waiting for season two, even though it's probably going to be another year or so before I get it. But if you have HBO Go or HBO Now, I'd highly recommend you watch it from right off from the rip. It is interesting and it's funny and I enjoy every bit of it. Check out John Cena and Peacekeeper, Peacemaker. I'm, I can't. Even, I think it's Peacemaker. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the Royal Rumble 2014. Um, last. I mean, I, as far as book reviews go, I'm still reading Eric Bischoff's Gratitude. Um, or Grateful. It's really good. I'm only about a hundred pages in. I'm just reading a little bit here or there. Uh, I know I've been talking about it for a couple weeks now. Um, last week you heard it on the In Your House Degeneration X episode. However, I recorded that a day ago, so I read about 20 pages today. I'll probably have it done before the week. But Christmas and Chris, or Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are next week. And um, I'll hopefully be able to get a lot of the um, you know reading done so I can finally review that but i can already tell you i enjoy it i enjoy the bite-sized chapters of you know like one of the first chapters is him reviewing like uh or him discussing like what was going on with him during the whole crisp and wash it so and it really humanizes hulk hogan which i think is important because we there's a very polarizing opinions of hulk hogan and uh, I think Eric Bischoff does a good job showing him in a different light. And uh, can I just say that, like, I'm very, like, it's refreshing that Eric Bischoff isn't bitter towards the business like uh, Vince Russo is. Um, you know, he's uh, obviously grateful for, uh, uh, you know, the time he spent there. It's spent in WCW, WWE, or TNA, the name he hates. But whatever. Next week is WCW Sold Out 98. And uh, no spoilers yet, but it was a it was a good show, but there were some shitty matches on it. 
I don't know why the hell they made the main event the main event, but it was good. It was enjoyable and all that. I tore through it, but next week or the week after that, I will do Royal Rumble 99. And I may even throw some Beyond the Mat in there, too, because of the importance it shows with the Rock, Mankind, I Quit match. Who knows? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know if on top of watching and reviewing Royal Rumble 99, I've got a entire movie Beyond the Mat in me. Maybe I'll just watch the Mick Foley part. But who knows? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to the new year at this, at the time you're hearing this, it's already been the new year, but this is episode 25. I'm glad that it's, you know, I've made it this far where, um, next week will be episode 26. We'll make six months that I've been doing this. I want to get to the holy grail of 100 episodes, and I want to go beyond that, you know. But who knows what life will bring you and with all that shit. But I would love to be doing this for a long time, long, long time. Get to fucking four or 500 episodes, but who knows. My life is about to drastically change. And even though I am recording episodes in advance for, um, you know, Let's just say my fraternity leave, just so I don't leave you all without content. I am uh, really looking forward to February's uh, Retro Vintage Month. Um, I love Mid-South Wrestling. I love Mid-Atlantic. Uh, I'm gonna. This will be the first time I've ever checked out one of the WWFs. I think it was WWWFs, Madison Square Garden shows. I'm sure it's going to be... Actually, I have no idea what it's going to be like. I have no idea. And then I'm going to do some NWA World Championship Wrestling. And that's the name of the show, World Championship Wrestling. It's, I guess it was uh, Mid-Atlantic's World Championship Wrestling, but they were just calling it NWA. Either way, it'll be Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA Championship Wrestling. And I hope that will all be enjoyable uh, for February. March, still haven't thought about, but I would really love to be able to have episodes recorded up until the first week of April. And then by then, I, I would think that, you know, everything's going good and we can be happy and I can enjoy my child and my wife and my family and all that. <clears throat> and still bring to you the premium content that I know you're all so fucking used to by now. I'm just kidding, but yeah, I, um, that was Royal Rumble 2014 and I really don't, just don't want to sign off yet. I am, uh, still feeling good. Last night when I recorded the In Your House Degeneration X, my nose was running, my throat was sore, I was coughing. I feel better today, but like, I felt like I was kind of rushing to get that done just so I could have it done, but I hope you still enjoyed it and I enjoyed reviewing tonight's episode. Uh, I always have a fun time doing this. This is a labor of love. <laughs> to uh, just say. 
Right now, it's uh, December 18th, Sunday morning at 3.21 a.m. I am keeping up with... I don't know if maybe I should change it from the late night wrestling pod to the early morning pod because I never record have an episode recorded by midnight. But, you know, I'll probably just keep with the late night wrestling pod. I am interested and looking forward to uh, seeing how this promotion company that I am, you know, uh, hiring or whatever, how it will affect my numbers. Uh, hopefully, uh, it'll be worth it, and I, we can really get the word out and have the Late Night Wrestling Pod be a part of the wrestling culture. But I am forever grateful for the listeners I have now who make this all possible and, you know, continue to motivate me to do this by downloading and reviewing the episodes. Let's finally get NXT War Games out of the number one spot. Let's do that. Let's get uh, something else. Maybe this episode could be number one. But I would love for every week to be the new number one episode. But, you know, you guys have your favorites. And maybe NXT is something I should be reviewing a little more often. If it was that popular, you know, that popular. But yeah. So um, I'll be here from you guys now. Like I said, this is coming out probably three weeks before you all, um, or this is being recorded three weeks before you guys hear it. How do you all feel about Bray Wyatt's character? Like I feel like he came in hot. He had an awesome comeback um, promo, and they really built towards it. But like. I feel like by now, and at this point, it's been over two months, he's just been doing these cryptic promos. We still haven't had a Bray Wyatt match. I feel like he should wrestle by now. And, like, enough of this guessing, like, who Uncle Howdy is shit and all that. And we should have an idea of what Bray Wyatt's all about now. I am kind of underwhelmed with the new Bray Wyatt. I, uh, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, he's feeding with LA Knight. Hopefully that'll be good. They just revealed that Uncle Howdy is not Bray Wyatt. It's some other guy. And I want to know who it is. Like, obviously it's, uh, it's, I don't know. And they keep doing this thing with Alexa Bliss. So like during all of her matches, there's some type of Bray Wyatt logo or whatever being shown. And I don't know. I never felt like the Fiend needed Alexa Bliss to be a part of his team or whatever, but not important. Um, It was cool enough. She did a good job. But I felt like the character of the Fiend didn't lend itself to needing a valet. But who cares? As always, we are going to close out this show. And before I get out of here and... Hopefully you guys have a great Friday and weekend. <clears throat> Always hit me up on Twitter at late night pod eleven. Give me a follow. I'll give you a follow back. You can always hit me up there. I'm pretty good about responding to my messages there. Um, I'm always down to have a conversation. You know, when I'm not actually at work by ninety five, but okay. 
Uh, hit me up on Instagram at the Late Night Wrestling Pod. You'll see pictures of the shows that I'm doing. And don't forget about the Gmail, Late Night Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Uh, I'm, I check that email periodically. All dealings of the Late Night Wrestling Pod, I get through that email. So it gets looked at and everything, not as much as the Twitter. Or the Instagram, really. But, you know, always hit it up. So, with that being said, as always, you know, it's getting fucking late. You have to fucking work in the morning. So, you should get your ass to bed. Have a good night. Have a good new year. Hopefully, 2024 will be our best year yet. That being said, peace. (laughs) 